Hello everyone and welcome back to another podcast for the Women's Wellness Podcast and this week we're going to be talking about behavioural change. I've got my humongous cup of tea the size of my face ready and we're going to have a nice little chat through this. So I kind of wanted to touch upon this subject because there's I guess psychological elements behind change, behind actual behavioural change that we tend not to really think about. But it's really important to actually highlight what these are so that we know how best we can actually make this change a long term thing, similar to when we're creating habits. And the main model that I'm going to be talking about is the trans theoretical model of change. This model states that behaviour, especially habitual behaviour, occurs continuously through like a cycle. So behaviour doesn't change within a day. It's got to be something that's worked on day in day out small little bits now and then and then that's how you're going to help to actually create this behavioral change so you're going to create a habit in the long term this is why it can be really important to kind of like think about starting small and building up rather than trying to jump in and do everything in one day it could be as simple as maybe trying to work on getting those 10k steps you might be on 4k now and you just basically slowly build it up because we need this, we need it to be something that occurs continuously rather than you trying to do it all at once because that's just quite overwhelming. So this model um, basically says that individuals have to go through six stages of change. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance and then termination. And I'm going to run through these stages quite quickly but first one, pre-contemplation In this stage, people do not intend to take action in the foreseeable future. They're often unaware that their behaviour might be problematic or produces negative consequences. And they often underestimate the the pros of changing their behaviour and place too much emphasis on the cons of changing the behaviour, such as the time that it might take or the energy or um, just in general the negative sides of needing to actually go through that process of putting the effort in to change that sort of behaviour. The second stage is contemplation and in this stage people are intending to start with the healthier behaviour in the foreseeable future, so within the next six months. They recognise that their behaviour may be problematic and a more thoughtful and practical consideration of the pros and cons has been like made, so they might sit down and literally write down the pros of changing, the cons of changing, the pros of staying the same, the cons of staying the same. And even with with this recognition, they may still feel a little bit of, no, I don't really want to change my behaviour. And then the third stage, preparation. In this stage, people are ready to take action within the next 30 days. They start to take small steps towards the behavioural change and they believe that changing their behaviour can lead to a healthier life. So this is when you kind of realise, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this one thing or these next couple of things that are going to help me. And you've got that motivation and that little bit of desire, that burning itch to go. Your fourth stage is action. In this stage, people have recently changed their behaviour and they intend to keep moving forward in that direction. They may exhibit this by modifying their problem behaviour or acquiring new healthy behaviours. So they could literally change what they're doing. So say, for example they're trying to drink less, they might start by reducing their intake or 
if they want to inquire new healthy behaviours, then it could be incorporating other things into the day. So inquiring different sort of social events that don't involve alcohol um, so that eventually you are reducing the amount that you're drinking, but it's done in a different way. Your fifth stage is maintenance. In this stage, people have sustained their behaviour change for a while, around six months, and intend to maintain this behavioural change going forward. And it's in this stage that we just want to prevent any relapse to earlier stages. So it's a nice time here to kind of sit down and reflect on the benefits this change is bringing to us. How different we feel, but also recognising how ingrained it's become in our behaviour that we don't really need to think about it. And that's when it's become quite habitual. So you want to be really highlighting the benefits of this in this stage. You can literally be highlighting it to yourself. But in this maintenance stage, that's the really important thing. And termination is basically people have no desire to return to their unhealthy behaviours as and they're really not sure they're going to relapse. So this might be reached, it might not be reached, it very much depends on what the goal is. But they're the rough stages, so you can see that it's like, I have no intention to, I'm considering it, to, okay, yes, I know this is something I need to do, to then actually doing it and then actually maintaining those behaviours. And yes, we can experience relapse. Um, We might not have done it in a sustainable way. We might have jumped in too quickly or we might not have thought about preventing relapse. So when a situation did come up, there wasn't any actual behaviours or resources in play to help prevent that relapse from happening. But this is definitely something that can be worked on. And that's why it's important to kind of sit down and actually think about the pros and cons of each side. And having an understanding of, okay, what obstacle might come in my way? That's why I tend to ask people when I'm doing initial consultation calls, what stopped you from reaching your behaviour? What stopped you from reaching your goal? And that is your barrier. It could be motivation, it could be time, it could be energy. And it's then about making really, really nice and simple action points around those specific barriers so that when it comes into play, you know exactly what you need to do to try and help get over that little bump in the road. So to progress through the stages of change, you need to apply cognitive, effective and evaluated processes. Now, what does this mean? The trans-theoretical model has kind of identified 10 processes of change to help you get through these stages. And I'm going to kind of touch upon them briefly. They've got quite big names, but I'll break them down. So consciousness raising so you need to increase awareness about the healthy behavior so basically getting a bit more of an understanding as to what that healthy behavior is how you can start to implement it and why it could be a really important thing to implement dramatic relief so emotional arousal about the healthy behavior so actually tugging at the heartstrings a little bit more why do you need to do it in a sense of if it's for health reasons Is it because if you don't do it, then something bad might happen? It's pulling on that emotional side of it. Self-re-evaluation. So you need to realise the healthy behaviour is part of who you want to be. So this is a really important one, I think. Think about yourself three months down the line if you'd started this behaviour. And really sit in it and feel it, embody how you would feel. What does it bring to you? Does it bring light? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel energy? Do you feel warmth? If you were to put this goal into place, how are you going to feel? And then every time 
you're thinking, no, I don't want to do this, or I'm not sure if I need to do this, you put yourself back in that situation of three months down the line, having started this behavioural change, and you're like, yeah, okay, this needs to be it, because it's you feel it, and it's emotional. Environmental reevaluation. So you need to reevaluate or just think about how your behaviour might be influencing others. Social liberation. So environmental opportunities that exist to show society is supportive of that healthy behaviour. I mean, society is extremely supportive of weight loss at the moment. Um, so there's one. But also this might be a bit more challenging because say you're actually trying to gain weight, there's not as much help out there. So sometimes it might be about talking to other people. It might be about reaching out for help or doing a little bit of research around it to actually find that group of people that are supportive of your healthy behavioural change. Because healthy behavioural changes look different for many, many different people. Self-liberation. So you need to commit to the change behaviour based on the belief that achieving it is actually possible. So the behaviour that you're trying to put in play, you might not... The next step that you might take might not be that behaviour. You might need to break it down into stepping stones. And breaking it down will actually make it see, okay, is this possible for me to achieve? And it's important to break it down because then that's going to make it so much more manageable. So like I said with the steps, rather than trying to go from 4K to 10K, you spend a couple of weeks on 4K, then you push it to 4.5 to 5 to 5.5 and you work your way up there and that is extremely possible. You can achieve that because you've broken it down. Helping relationships, so finding supportive relationships that encourage the desire of change. Surround yourself with people with a similar mindset or talk to the people around you and get them and kind of just like sit down and talk them through why you're doing what you're doing, what it means for you and how actually tell them how they can be supportive of this or like highlighting anything they've said in the past that made you not want to do this. Just be really honest with people. Having supportive relationships, whether that be your family, your friends or having a coach is so important when it comes to this sort of thing because they can help you and guide you and encourage you to keep going with this behavioural change. So you want to be the eighth one, counter conditioning. So substituting healthy behaviours and thoughts for unhealthy behaviours and thoughts. So just basically when these unhealthy behaviours and thoughts come into your mind. So if it was about relapse and like kind of going back to that behaviour that you're trying to change, you've got like, you might have wrote down things and it's like, this is why I'm doing it. So you've literally got in front front of you your why. Ninth one, rewarding the positive positive behaviour and reducing the rewards that come from the negative behaviour. So say for example that you're doing really well and you're reducing your alcohol intake and you actually haven't had anything to drink in the last three four weeks celebrate that obviously don't celebrate it by having alcohol because then that's kind of like going against it but celebrate the incredible steps that you're taking towards your goal and actually be proud of yourself people tend not to be proud of themselves enough And then stimulus control, so actually changing the environment to have reminders and cues that support and encourage the healthy behaviour. So like I said, that could be the family around you, but it could also be what you've got in the house. Some people, not saying this is the right thing to do, very much case by case basis, but some people, if they're trying to lose weight, can't have those sort of um, chocolates and sweets and cakes and stuff 
actually in the house because they'll eat them all. And I'm like, I fully encourage having that balance within your diet. You can include anything like that into your diet. But if you need to learn the self-control to have those sorts of things in the house, that needs to be addressed before you start this behaviour. So going through this process and actually sitting down and thinking, right, okay, am I ready to take on this goal or this behavioural change? Sit down and think through the obstacles, like I said. Is your self-control one of the obstacles? Is your self-belief one? Is your self-confidence one? Because highlighting these sorts of things is then actually going to make the journey and the behavioural change so much easier because you've got a bit of an understanding of things you might need to work on first. So like I said, like similarly on these lines, one's own self-efficacy is really important. This is the belief in our own ability to organise and execute the goal, the behavioural change. Before actually embarking on your goal, take some time to consider these obstacles. Progress is never going to be linear. Setting weekly goals and intentions that are realistic are going to make a huge difference in taking the steps towards your goal. And one barrier is like people say, I don't have the motivation to do X, Y or Z. Motivation is classically defined as the biological, emotional, social and cognitive forces that activate, direct and maintain a behaviour. And I'm going to be brutally honest here, you are not too unmotivated, you just haven't created the space for this change to be accessible yet. And one thing that I kind of tend to do and I find really important when it comes to motivation is consider these seven areas of your life. The first one is spiritual slash purpose, which basically refers to living in alignment of your goals, of your drive. Second is mental That's educational and intellectual stimulation. Third one, vocational, so your career path and your direction. Fourth is financial, so basically having the finances to allow us to do what we want. Fifth is family, so your connections and your relationships. Sixth is social, so your influence, your leadership, but also your solo time. And your seventh is your health, so how happy are you in your body? And thinking through these seven areas, so spiritual, mental, vocational, financial, family, social and health. Out of these areas, I want you to rate them all on a scale of one to ten for how important they are in your life at the moment. And then once you've rated your importance on a scale of one to ten, I want you to rate how aligned you are with it. What are the actions that you do on a day to day basis that actually align you? to this area of your life. For example, if your family, if your connections are important to you, how much time are you spending with your family? If your education and your intellectual stimulation is important for you, how long during the day are you spending are you dedicating that to to your CPD? One area might come out that's actually really important to you, but you realise it's actually you're not very aligned to it. And this tends to be a really good area to actually start to make a change in. And it might be one that you actually haven't considered yet. So think about how you might become more aligned. So what actions do you need to start taking? Start small and build up to actually make you feel like you're living in more more of an alignment, considering how important it is to you. Spend time embodying those feelings, how you'd feel once you get there. And use that as your motivation. 
For example, I'd done this a couple of months ago and realised how I define my health. It was a huge importance to me, but I was not very aligned to it. So then it was like, okay, what steps do I need to take to actually make me feel more aligned to that? Actual physical, tangible steps. And then last week I went back and I redone all of this. I redone how important they are to me and how aligned I was to, I was to them. And it completely changed. It's a really great way to be like, right, this is the motivation that I need because it's very specific and I know that I want it because it's important to me and then go get it. And remember that internal motivation rather than external motivation is really important. There needs to be an internal reason why you want to change. It can't be all aesthetic. It can't be because you're going to get more attention from somebody else or because um, you know somebody else is going to appreciate it or someone else told you to, blah, 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 blah. You need to feel it. It needs to be emotionally evocative for you. Because otherwise, when push comes to shove, your default is going to be that old behaviour that you tried to change because you don't care enough for it. You need to care about understanding why you need to make this behavioural change. There needs to be steps put into place that work for you. Otherwise, you will default back to it. So this has been a bit of a random one, but I hope that you've kind of got a bit of an understanding as to kind of like the preparation to do whilst you're trying to make this behavioural change of considering why you want to do it, thinking about those internal rather than external reasons, considering is this area of change the one that you need to do most at the moment by considering those seven areas of life, and then thinking about what do you need to help support you to get you through these changes, these stages, so from pre-contemplation to contemplation, preparation, action and maintenance. Is it that you need to sit back and realise why these help, why these behavioural um, changes are important? Do you need to talk about the it to your the people that are around you so that they can help you and you have helping relationships and you're managing your environment? Or do you need to sit there and be like, okay, this is important, society tells me this is supportive behaviour? Or do you actually need to go and find out, we'll find a group of people that support this supportive behaviour because society hasn't made it very clear for you. Just take some time. Don't jump into trying to do everything all at once. And actually allow yourself to create these foundations so that you have the best chance for change. If you're still with me, if you're still listening, then I thank you very much. And I hope you have a lovely weekend. And um, I look forward to, hopefully, you tuning in again next week. Thank you, everyone.